Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the Offsite Podcast, where we chat all things construction and technology. My name's Carlos Caballo. And I am Jason Lanzini. Good day, Carlos. How are you going? Pretty good, thanks. How are you? How was Sydney? Uh, Sydney was good. Sydney was wonderful. Uh, we got to visit, I guess, for context, we, uh, me and a couple of the team here, we went and visited a bunch of projects across Sydney across last week. Uh, it was really good. Got to go out on site. Got to feel like we were involved in construction again instead of just staring at a computer screen uh, in my pajamas all day. Uh, and then the best bit is next week uh, on Monday, I'm flying to New Zealand doing a workation for the rest of the week from from New Zealand uh, in Queenstown for, for five days. And uh, so that's about as good as it gets. Yeah, I could think of much worse places to be than New Zealand. So yeah, pretty jealous. But right. a fun fact is, uh, there is a really cool, uh, like co-working space where you can like book out little booths and desks and rooms, like without being a member as a guest, uh, in Queenstown. It's really cool. If I knew the name Not... of it, I'd say one of this. <laughs> nice. So next week's podcast, you will be live from New Zealand. Well, there is a time difference. So I don't know how, uh, how energetic I will be about oh, recording it. Like, yeah. Um, I'm not sure how fun I'll be at 6 a.m. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll work it out. So today we're going to be chatting about something that's fairly sort of close to our hearts. It's also a topic that can fairly rapidly split a room when we're in terms of construction teams. So a little bit of context. Typically, projects adopt one of two sort of core approaches to look ahead planning or short-term planning uh, for the Aussies. And on one side, we have what we call top-down planning. And this is the theory of taking data from the schedule that planners own, the master schedule, and effectively distributing those, that to your sort of package leads, typically engineers, site managers, that sort of role. And then they own those tasks and sort of add detail. So they take that base structure from the planner and they break it down and add some more information. We then have bottom-up planning and ultimately, we're letting engineers, package managers build their plans from scratch. We're not giving them this base level of information to work from. We're just letting them plan the package of works that they're responsible for and they're closest to the detail. Jason, what's your experience with Australia? Uh, if you think about this at a higher level before a bit of detail. Yeah, so I, well, I guess the, if, you, if you step back and think about the theory of it or the reality of it as well, which is that I like to think of it as on most construction projects, there's almost like this uh, planning stack. So there's these levels of planning. So it might start at the top where there's this master schedule that, like you said, the planners own. Maybe it gets updated uh, once a, a month, maybe once a fortnight, once a week, with maybe some contractual requirements that dictate how frequently that gets updated. And they get updated from engineers providing input as to what the actual dates were and stuff like that. And then beneath that, that level of the planning, there is something that might be called like a look ahead plan. Typically it's owned by an engineer and the plan will be weeks or months into the future. So it could be like, some people might call it like a four week look ahead, but other people plan further into the future. Uh, there's usually sort of this weekly routine. We update it every week. We have some sort of meeting about that. We coordinate across multiple, there'll be multiple ones of these look ahead. So each of the engineers will have a separate one. And then we'll coordinate that in a meeting. We might send it out to the project. So here's the updated short term. And that level is really important because I think it's the one that governs most strongly what happens on a project day to day, week to week, and what, what progress is actually made. But then there's another level beneath that, which is like 
okay, how did today go? What are we doing tomorrow? Haven't got the permit sorted for three days time. Uh, and that's sort of another level of this planning stack. And maybe it's a, maybe it's scribbled on a whiteboard, you know, like that big grid of things that go on a whiteboard. And so you've got this like stack of planning. There's this dream out there, of, like a lot of people of an integrated scheduling stack of like, there's this one schedule and you can cut, you know, you can break it into little pieces and then people can add bits here and then that all rolls up perfectly back up to the top. And, um, like it's much like the theory's, uh, nice. There's benefits of, you know, people are reinventing the wheel at each level as it goes down and any information that's collected in that sort of, as it steps down those levels can be rolled back up to the, the upper levels. But I guess the, to your question of, you know, what's my experience in reality is it's like much easier, uh, in theory than in reality. I think that there are lots of reasons why not only is it like hard to do in reality, but maybe you wouldn't want to. I don't know if you agree with that. If you just think of it from a completely logical point of view, taking away the dynamic of actual teams having to sort of manage this, it makes sense because you've got this sort of structure and coding and everything that comes with this information from the top-down point of view that you're pulling in. Everything ties together nicely. It's like the dream world for reporting because you really do have like steps down information that's all tied together. We can't forget that lots of thought has gone into these schedules. So what you don't want to do is just scrap it immediately and then someone else replans it and the two are completely different. So I kind of get that side of it. I think if we, if we start, to, if we think about top down first, it is complicated. When you see these schedules and you see a thousand WBS codes and like, logic everywhere i don't want to say it's, it's confusing like any engineer can think through it and, and and understand what it's saying it's a layer of complexity that is just going to slow down the understanding and your ability to sort of really grab it and roll with it because it, there's a lot going on there's a lot of information there's a lot of constraints and drivers and it's it's just naturally complicated so i think it's really hard to really not just understand but really know your program if you're giving it from someone else because there's so much sort of going on but i can empathize with particularly planners and project controls who really want to keep this set of data in line so you can actually do more meaningful stuff yeah, outside of the delivery team and it's almost the inverse problem so you get this problem around complexity like you said which is if the master schedule gets passed to the the, the sort of look ahead plan level then the person that picks it up at the look ahead plan level has to understand all of the thought and stuff that's gone into that uh, in building it up. But you flip it the other way around and you say, okay, if we don't have this sort of integrated approach, then you've got a collection of people building from first principles their plan for their part of the project without maybe a full understanding of other parts of the project and how they all sort of fit together. And some person has to try and sort of work out, stitch them all together and fit them into that bigger picture. It's almost like it's a reverse. The complexity is just, it's like, who does the complexity live with? Uh, you know, you almost get in this like spot of, you know, who has to deal with the, the complexity. And it's really hard to argue against the planner owning the complexity because they are very experienced working within complex schedules and have the time to sort of really get stuck into that. It would be a very difficult argument to win saying that complexity should lie with the delivery team trying to actually 
deliver the works. Yeah. And the other way to maybe look at it is which of the sources of information is more useful to the other side in order to deal with the complexity. And what I mean by that is, okay, if the complexity is dealt with at the, with the, by the planner at the master schedule, they're having to deal with that complexity because their job or their goal is to understand, okay, what other construction team actually planning to build so that I can provide, you know, status updates and, and have the master schedule reflect that. So there's a need for that to happen regardless. And if you flip it the other way and say, okay, the engineer should deal with the complexity, they're being given a schedule from, you know, maybe they've been past the master schedule in this top-down flow, which is something that was built by one or a handful of people at the tender of a project without the full depth and understanding of what actually was being built at the sort of granular detail level. And even the best person or team of people building that schedule is not going to get it right in many, many, many ways. And so you're saying, here's this schedule, which has got tens of thousands of lines in it and maybe a thousand WPS codes. And in order for us to sort of avoid dealing with finding where your work slots in on the other side, uh, can you pass your way through tens of thousands of tasks and work out which ones are the right ones that you should break into more detail, which are the ones that are like totally wrong, which should be totally reorganized. There's like, um, one, one is really important has to happen. And the other one is like, it's questionable about how much value it really adds in my opinion. And so, yeah, there's like, I spend a lot of time thinking, and I don't know whether you have a view is like, is the limitation of that top down thing where the, you pass it to the engineer a limitation of like technology or technique, or is it more fundamental? It's a combination of things, but a main, one of the big factors for me is the type of project. So civil engineers are used to planning, They're pretty well equipped to build a plan and, and off they run. It's something they've, they've, they've always done as far as my career has gone anyway. If you look at building projects, they're not used to building plans. The planner builds a plan. And most projects I speak to, they'll print the plan, distribute it, people mark it up with notes, give it back to the planner and they do their update. So transitioning building projects to individuals owning plans, they, they really do need the top-down approach because if you're looking at, um, let's just take services installed into an office, there's trades on top of trades. There's a very uh, strict flow and sequence uh, or order of sort of things being installed trying to recreate that logic in independent bottom-up sort of built plans is really difficult. So there's an argument to say it's a type of project. Technology could make it simpler. Like we could make it easier to pull and digest top-down information to then build your plans without seeing the full whack of logic and codes and craziness on the screen, whether you're using Excel or, or any tool yeah, it's hard to really tackle that and make it as simple as the bottom-up approach. Yeah, the what you said regarding the type of project is super interesting because I think uh, my my initial instinct was that that it wasn't a limitation of technology and that fundamentally you more often than not probably want the engineers thinking through their plan from first principles so that they have ownership and accountability. Um, an understanding of the detail of the plan. 
I've had direct feedback that they really feel like they understand and are accountable for their plan and they can really get behind it because they built it from scratch. It's not yep. something you're trying to sort of muddle together from a plan that someone else built. But what you also said about the the type of project is true and probably you could extend that idea to like um, the, the delivery model a little bit. Um, and so if you're self-delivering versus subcontracting, there's there's an element of that in um, building versus infrastructure as well. Like a lot of the building jobs are probably a little bit more subcontracted or a lot more subcontracted in infrastructure. And um, if I'm self-delivering a scope, I need to intimately know details, nuts and bolts, sequences. Okay, where's this coming from? Where's that coming from? Um, and you probably lean more towards, okay, I'm going to plan for first principles. But if we're subcontracting, you know, maybe our master schedule is built up of our subcontractors' plans, and maybe I want to be more about tracking how they're going against that, and that sort of thing, and understanding what they're saying they need cleared out of their way. So, so maybe it wasn't, you know, your point probably makes it not as clear cut as my initial thought. And there's probably some nuance based on the type of project and the delivery model for the project. Yeah. Subcontractors adds another level of complexity because your contract schedule isn't necessarily aligned to the subcontractor's schedule. So are you, do you have this subcontractor owning the short term plan for them to take the top down approach? They could just say, that's not my program or they could get stuck in and work in a, the collaborative nature that they usually do so that we'll uh, we'll leave that part of it for now because subcontractors yeah that makes it a bit more complicated but to to slightly flip it on its head um we've alluded to some of the benefits of bottom up through indirectly through the negatives of, of top down so we're keeping it simple uh engineers really understand the detail because they built the plan for first principles if i was to ask you a question if you bottom up plan how do you know if activities are missing from single activities well, to sections of work. I think that's, uh, yeah, I, this, because I, I could ask the same question of the top down, because you don't know. I had this conversation internally recently because the same question was literally asked like a handful of days ago. Uh, if I put my engineer hat on, I would consider it probably infinitely more likely that the planner that was tendering the job four years ago sat in an office who didn't know the drawings in detail, maybe the design wasn't complete, you know, there's a, it's a much harder job for that person or team of people to not miss something than it is for the engineer planning from bottom up, you know, 12 weeks before they're going to deliver the work to miss, to not miss something. And so then it's just a question of like, do you have an organizational hierarchy that covers the scope of the job? Because planning is one thing, but like, who's managing the design of that? Like, if you're missing something in a bottom-up plan, you're missing it in not just like your short-term plan, but you're missing it in like all of your design, like you're missing it in a lot of spots. So as long as you have coverage and clear delineation of what do I own. And one of the things that I used to do when I'd start on a new project and, you know, maybe I'm the engineer in charge of, and then let's pick a thing like superstructure. Well, first thing you do is you get out the drawings and you go, where does superstructure end and start and uh, okay, everything in this, you know, bounds is everything I need to organize. I don't think the risk of missing something uh, from a bottom-up approach is a good argument to push for top-down, I guess. Uh, I think it's more likely you're going to have more stuff missing from your plan uh, from the tender than you are from your short-term plan. But that, you know, if you put your QS hat on, you've got the flip side, which is, 
okay, maybe it was missing from the tender, but whose whose fault is that that it's missing from the tender? Because if the engineer builds from first principles, they capture it, but maybe you just had stoke creep and you're now building something that you hadn't allowed for in your tender because the engineer's plan for like, oh, this is on a drawing, I'm going to build this. I think you'd really split a room with the statement that there's more chance activities are missing from the master schedule than a short-term plan, but I, yeah. Oh, I mate, well, if you, when you say split a room, when you say split a room, what you mean is you'll have like a hundred people on one side and one person on the other. Is that what you mean by split a room? <laughs> that's just because that's the distribution of engineers versus planners. <laughs> um, okay. I, I guess the other, the other aspect that came to mind is how does the planner update P6? I, I shouldn't say P6. I should say master schedule. P6 Astro MSP off the back of bottom up plans. Okay, so first they open up their computer and they, you know, they have to do that thing where they like wind their feet to start their computer. And then when they open, when they open Citrix or whatever, go get a coffee while that starts up. But yeah, so once they finally make it in there, I think the way that I would do it and the way that I see a lot of projects do it is rather than strive for one-to-one relationships between every activity in the engineer's short-term plan has to relate to something that's in the master schedule, Um, that there is clear grouping of those things, either ending or, you know, grouping in the way that maybe that relates to some sort of structure in the master schedule, whether it be like the WBS, or that those things end in a certain set of milestones that are clearly trackable back to the master schedule. I would probably lean on the milestone approach because it's very clear cut for everyone. So set out a bunch of 20, 30, whatever it is, key dates or, or milestones that you want to, to plan to have engineers build their plans up and link those things to those milestones and then track those milestones week on week on week on week and use them to relate back to what, um, what we're going to show in the master schedule. I had the same note, which is yeah. Pulling in milestones really simple and effective way to keep on top of these things but is that a hybrid is that neither top down nor bottom up or is it a sensible bottom-up approach yeah i think bottom up with some control because bottom up with no control is is like overwhelmingly complicated to keep track of you know if you have 20 spreadsheets each spreadsheet's in a different format each one uses some sort of arbitrary grouping the milestone that you think you're updating lives on three of the spreadsheets you know, that sort of thing where three people think they've each got that milestone in their spreadsheet, yeah. which of the three spreadsheets of the milestone are you updating? So, um, simplifying down to one version of that short-term plan or one space where that all lives for sure helps that problem. And I would also be pretty strict in the structure of those plans. So just avoiding the messiness of okay, as a planner, I get six spreadsheets, three of them are in one format, two are in another, and one's like a different format each week or something like that. So I'd be pretty strict on, okay, here's like a hierarchy of groupings. Um, You're going to put your work in that sort of hierarchy of groupings. You're going to link these things up to these milestones. And then what, you know, everything else is up to you. Yeah. Um, That's what I would do. Okay. So... I'd only said gun to your head. It'll be the weirdest gun to your head moment ever. But gun to your head. Is that um, one person top, in the room again? Yeah. yeah. Uh, top down or bottom up. You're a project manager on a project. What are you going for? 
uh, wait, I'm going back to your point before. What type of project? One civil is one building. Sorry. Bottom up both. <laughs> really? <laughs> wow. Cool. Punchy. Have you ever managed a building project before? <laughs> no. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, uh, you know, a, do- a, yeah. do- a dog with a dog with a limited set of tricks. So just I just like a you know like a hammer <laughs> looking for nails. You know. What uh, would you I, uh, totally, yeah, yeah, agree with you on the civils. I'd go bottom up all day. Um, they are already people that can plan, so it doesn't make sense to to to, to switch that out. I don't see enough benefit to change that to top down building. I think you have to go top down. I just don't see how you can deal with the logic with bottom up planning because in most cases that I've seen, there's literally like some of these projects, there's like so many supply chain members on site at the same time. I just don't know how you could actually do that from a bottom up approach and get to some outcome that isn't 5Xing your end date. <laughs> so I think you need the real sort of uh, efficiency of logic link program from the master schedule to be the basis there and they're just simply adding detail and, and following the plan the other thing that's uh really interesting that uh, i would be doing if i was running one of those projects is so as, putting aside like obviously using our product you can automate a lot of this reporting and you can you know oh, let's not pitch that's the, the product, pitch. but let's not let's not do that but like i guess what i've seen on on previous projects going back to my idea of standardizing those whether let's just assume it's a spreadsheet right for the look ahead so we've got you know x number of teams five or ten teams what i've seen work really well is a standardized spreadsheet that each team uses to update there's some sort of restrictions on the sheet to avoid all sorts of chaos getting in there uh and those sheets get saved to a sharepoint file uh, and then someone much cleverer than me does the old macros thing where there's a there's a sort of report sheet which will pull those things together uh, and then track the variance of like the milestones each week. So the planners have got this sort of one spot that they can look and the engineers have their places that they can update, which again, obviously is what exactly what Apex will do, but that's not, we're not doing the pitch though. So, uh... <laughs> do a pitch without doing a pitch. <laughs> nice. Oh, is that right. the, that's the title of the episode? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. First indirect pitch. Good chat. Uh, pretty sure that's all we've got time for today. Uh, we've burnt through that pretty quickly. So thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Thank you.